What's up, everyone? Todd File here from Double FM Sports, coming back at you with another episode of Todd Town. And in this episode, we're going to turn back time a little bit and go back to an era where there wasn't just one basketball association in America. No, there were two. You had the NBA, which has been around forever, literally since the late 1930s. And then you have the ABA, the American Basketball Association, which played from 1967 to 1976. It's kind of like uh, the relationship between the AFL and the NFL and uh, the World Hockey Association and the NHL. Same thing here. Um, And in both of those other cases, you had teams from the smaller league that once that league folded, they got merged with the bigger league. So with the AFL, you had teams like the Jets and the Chiefs and the Raiders that ended up in the NFL. Same thing with the World Hockey Association teams like the Oilers and uh, the Jets ended up in the NHL. And same thing here with the ABA and the NBA. Now, there were four teams from the ABA that ended up in the NBA, and those would be the Nuggets, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Pacers. However, this is where things get interesting, and I wanted to do this for the World Hockey Association, but I didn't have the stats. I do have the stats for the ABA, and what I wanted to do was this. You see, back in 1976, when the ABA merged with the NBA, it wasn't just a four-team league. There were actually seven teams. So there were the four that I mentioned that made it into the NBA, but you also had the Kentucky Colonels, the Spirits of St. Louis, and the Virginia Squires that were left standing at the end of the season. You also had the San Diego Sales and the Utah Stars, but both of those guys had folded within the first 16 games. So anyway, you have this seven that got whittled down to four and made it into the NBA, but then you have three other teams that just like vanished and lost in the annals of history. And so I decided to dive into that and see what might have happened if all seven teams had been folded into the NBA. Now, just a little bit of history on each of these teams. Uh, The Kentucky Colonels were really the only one out of those three that were in the mix with the Nuggets, Nets, Spurs, and Pacers for being included in the the NBA. In fact, the Kentucky Colonels, uh, across the span of the ABA, were the best team historically. Uh, And they had guys like um, Artis Gilmore and Louis Dampier, uh, who I'll get to them in a little bit. But, I mean, both of those guys are Hall of Famers. So these were no slouches. But for some reason, the NBA decided to go with the other four and leave out the Colonels. Um, And they, of course settled with the owner, gave him, I think it was three and a half million dollars, which he later used to purchase the Buffalo Braves, who then became the San Diego and later Los Angeles Clippers. But that's beside the point. Spirits of St. Louis and uh, Virginia Squires, they both folded um, immediately after the 75-76 season, uh, just because of financial trouble. So they probably wouldn't have made it anyway. But 
they played a full season. I decided, nah, what the heck? Let's see what might happen here. So that's exactly what I did. And it's fascinating what I found out here. So we'll just go team by team, uh, and we'll start with the Kentucky Colonels. So back in 1975, the Kentucky Colonels roster consisted of a starting five that probably looked like Artis Gilmore playing center, Louis Dampier running the point. You had Will Jones um, as a power forward, Bird Averett as a shooting guard, and your small forward probably would have been Marv Roberts. However, Marv Roberts got traded about halfway through the season to the Virginia Squires. And around that same time, a guy by the name of Maurice Lucas came from the Squires to the the Kentucky Colonels, um, and Maurice Lucas later, you know, played in the the NBA um, for the the Trailblazers for a long time, um, and he was like a five time All Star. So again, no slouch. Also, um, for fifteen games, Caldwell Jones, Will Jones older, no, younger brother, um, was on the team, but Caldwell Jones just kind of bounced around like for a couple of years and then went into the NBA and was a one-time all-star and didn't do a whole lot, namely because he was used to scoring in the ABA, but the teams he played for just wanted him to be, you know, a, a center that just rebounded and blocked shots and was focused on defense and let the perimeter guys score. Um, so that is the rise and fall of Caldwell Jones. Anyway, I have the full roster here. And what I did is I just downloaded all of their stats from basketball reference, a very useful tool there. And I went through and I took all of those guys and looked to see what their stats were in the NBA, um, but for the next year. So this is the 1975 to 76 ABA roster, but I went through and looked at the 76, 77 NBA stats um, just to get a feel for what these guys were like. Now, before you try to kill me, let me explain something. So you're, you're probably saying, but wait, Todd, they might have played different minutes in the NBA or they might have used a different lineup and it might not have worked out the same way. And I I get that. And I accounted for that because I'm not just going to copy and paste the NBA stats. That would be that would be stupid because Louis Dampier in 1975 played 2800 minutes, give or take, um, with the, the uh, Kentucky Colonels. But then he goes to the Spurs when they're in the NBA, and he only plays about 1,600 minutes. He's literally 1,200 minutes short of where he was last time. So it's no wonder why he's now putting up 6.6 .6 points a game instead of his usual, what, 17.9? No, excuse me, his usual 13. So it makes sense why his points have been cut in half because his time has been cut in half. So what I eventually did is I figured out how much, how many games 
each player would play um, for the 1976 to 77 Kentucky Colonels, my hypothetical team. Um, I estimated how many games and I got a general number of how many minutes they would play. Well, more than general. I got a number for how many minutes they would play based on how they shared minutes with those guys in the same scheme the year before. Um, And then I found the ratio between any stat line and the amount of minutes that a player played in the NBA. And then I just multiplied that by their ABA minutes, assuming that these teams, you know, assuming that the Kentucky Colonels got folded into the NBA. I mean, that's what this all hinges on. However, I can't do that with everybody because not everybody played the next year or well, yeah, not everyone played the next year. Some guys left, like uh, powered forward Ronald Thomas or um, Jimmy Connor, who's a shooting guard. Some guys got traded before the season was over, um, like Caldwell Jones was traded, Travis Grant was traded, Ted McLean, Marv Roberts. Those guys weren't around or they were around, they weren't with the Kentucky Colonels at the end of the season. So just because they're on the stat line doesn't necessarily mean that they would be available for the 76-77 team. So I took those guys out. Um, also, guys that were injured, uh, like Kevin Joyce, or Jim McDaniels, who just randomly did not play. And basketball reference goes the length to say that he did not play. Not that there's just no data entry. It just specifically says did not play, which I find very interesting, but it's not really related. Anyway, once all of that gets sorted out, we whittle down what was an 18-person roster to an eight-person roster. All of the centers are gone, except for Artis Gilmore. Um, there are two power forwards, three shooting guards, one point guard, and one small forward. Um, So if I just had to look at this team and see what a lineup would be, Artis Gilmore would be playing like 44 minutes out of 48, which is insane for a full 82 games, mind you. Um, Yeah, I know that's unrealistic, but that's that's ridiculous. Anyway, power forward, you have two solid power forwards and Maurice Lucas and Will Jones. Each of those guys would put up about 20-ish, 20 to 15 points a game. Uh, Mo Lucas was closer to 20. Will Jones was closer to 15. He was like 13.7 a game. Mo was 19 and a half, but they played about... 35 minutes each. Um, Bird, Averett would have been your your starting shooting guard. Um, But for some reason, he didn't play as many games as like guys like Artis Gilmore. So I knocked him down to like 79. Even so, um, in 34 minutes, he'd be putting up 17.6 points a game. He's your starter, um, but you have solid a solid guy like Johnny Newman and no offense to Alan Murphy, but he was like a bench warmer, especially in the NBA. 
He literally he played in two games with who did he play for? He played with the Lakers, which also makes sense. It's the '70s Lakers, but he played in two games for a grand total of nine minutes, and uh, or excuse me, nine minutes per game, a grand total of eighteen minutes. He had one two-point shot that he made because remember the three-point line didn't exist at this point. Although it did in the ABA, so I had to take that out because this is the NBA now, and for some reason there's no three-point line, which is stupid. Anyway, he was one for five on his two-point shots. He was three for seven on his free throws, which that's impressive to get seven free throws in 18 minutes. That is not bad. Um, Four rebounds, three offense, uh, one defense. No assists, no steals, no blocks, five personal fouls, and five points. Literally, this guy, in 18 minutes, got five personal fouls against him. Like, I don't know what he's doing, but he might have just started, like, a couple of brawls for all I know. This is ridiculous. Seriously, that's almost, like... Every four minutes, he just gets a foul called on him. That is insane. Actually, not even four. It's closer to like three and three quarters. He would have fouled out like, what, halfway through the third quarter? Like, it would not have been that long after halftime. I digress. Anyway, Alan Murphy and Johnny Newman would be backing up Bird Everett. And then Louis Dampier is your only rostered point guard. Um, He's playing 81 games. And even though he's like 31, he's still playing like 40 minutes. Um, And of course, Jan Van Bredekoff, VBK, son of Butch Van Bredekoff, also nicknamed VBK. Anyway, He's your only rostered small forward. He's playing 80 minutes, or sorry, not 80 minutes. That's not possible. 80 games, 23 minutes, um, and only like seven points a game. So the way I see it unfolding is this. Louis Dampier is your starting point guard. But, you know, he's old. He might need some relief. So you throw in like one of the backup shooting guards. Um, Bird Everett, he's playing shooting guard. I think they'd go with a big lineup and play Mo Lucas and Will Jones together and use VBK as a uh, a rotation player. And then Artis Gilmore is going to play an insane amount of minutes and Mo Lucas and Will Jones will sub in for him um, if they need to, or just leave the two of them on the court um, and have them each slide up, bring in VBK to play small forward and then Gilmore can get some rest, but that's not going to be that often because he's playing 44 minutes a game. Anyway, the stat line for the whole team then is 48 minutes, 82 games. um, Makes sense. They are um, as a team shooting about 44% um, for two pointers, 94.1 uh, attempted 41.4 made. So that comes out to be about 44%. They're about um, 69% from the line, 22 made, 32 attempted per game. 
Um, about 47 total rebounds per game, 22 assists, six and a half steals, six blocks, 25 personal fouls, and a little under 105 points a game. So how does that compare to the rest of the NBA? Well, the most similar team to them would be the Buffalo Braves, um, who averaged about 105 points a game. Um, they were a little off on uh, personal fouls, a little off on blocks, steals, and uh, assists. But for the most part, they're pretty similar. Um, they have a higher free throw percentage, but their two-point percentage is pretty much on. They're just taking more shots. But other than that, that's going to be your closest team is the Buffalo Braves, which doesn't say much because the Buffalo Braves in 1976 to 77 were 30 and 52. So I don't see these Kentucky Colonels as a playoff team. I really don't. Um, And who knows what the future would hold for them. But out of the three ABA teams that didn't make it to the NBA, they're the best off because it only gets worse from here. Um, So we'll move on to Spirits of St. Louis, who had guys like Moses Malone, um, Maurice. Oh, excuse me. They were the ones that had Maurice Lucas beforehand, not the Virginia Squires. Um, And Mike D'Antoni, the uh, former coach of the Houston Rockets, which I just think that's funny, Mike D'Antoni playing in the ABA. But this is one of the lesser star-studded rosters. They also had Caldwell Jones. Uh, This is actually where he ended his season. And... By the end of the season, like if they were to carry over, they would have whittled down an 18-man roster to a 12-man roster. Um, And your big scorer would have been Ron Boone, the shooting guard. But I think what part of the demise of the Spirits of St. Louis is that they didn't have any... I don't want to say they didn't have any key guys, but they didn't have an artist Gilmore that went out and played 45 minutes a game. The most that any of these guys averaged was 29 uh, minutes a game. And that's Ron Boone. So that's part of the reason why this production is so low from these guys is that they're only playing 25 or so minutes a game. um, And that's just your starters. Forget about it for your bench guys. They're seeing the floor like 15 minutes. At the same time, you also don't have like an Alan Murphy who is only on the court for like five minutes. Um, But this team just struck me as very meh. Um, When it all is said and done, um, they have a 44% um, shot from the floor. their field goal percentage and their two point percentage. Cause no threes uh, was 44%. They were taking a lot of shots. Actually, no, they weren't. Now that I think about it, they only took 85 shots a game um, and made 37 of them, which is kind of sad, honestly. Um, free throw 72% from, uh, from the line about uh 20 for 28 ish per game. 
54.5 total rebounds. That's what happens when you have Moses Malone and uh, Caldwell Jones. Then uh, 21 assists, 8.8 steals, 7.1 blocks, 29.7 personal fouls, and uh, 95.7 points. And I really think that ends up being the kicker because they just they can't score, man. It's it's ridiculous. When you look at per game stats for the NBA in 1976-77, compared to the, the actual NBA teams, they would have been the lowest scoring. The New York Nets were averaging 95.9 points a game. These guys were averaging 95.7. And it also makes sense why the Nets are the most statistically similar team. Um, and the Nets, of course were 22 and 60, even worse than the Buffalo Braves. And honestly, this kind of makes sense for a team that went bankrupt at the end of a small basketball league. I mean, no offense to these guys, but the NBA is just worlds above them. Um, They just don't have the star power. Anyway, moving on to the Virginia Squires. Um, you look at the roster and you see a lot of kind of the same things you see with the spirits of St. Louis. Um, no real superstars, to be honest. The two guys I really recognize are Jan van Bredekoff because he played for the Colonels and Sven Nodder, the Dutch center, um, But other than that, oh, and Marv Roberts, who ended up there after the trade. But other than that, these guys are like even less star-studded than the Spirits of St. Louis, although they actually managed to do a better job. Um, Anyway, it's an 18-man roster that gets whittled down to nine. And your primary scorers are Mac Calvin, the uh, one of the two point guards that sees significant minutes, and um, Tiki Burden, who is a shooting guard. So I look at this, and I see a dynamic backcourt duo. Actually, it's more like a, a dynamic backcourt love triangle because you have Tiki Burden and Matt Calvin, and then you have Fatty Taylor, who was the other point guard that plays... Um, significant minutes. He played 32 minutes a game, but he only averaged six points. Um, so he's just getting like hardcore friend zoned at this point. Um, and even Dave Twardzik, who I think is insane because the next year he went and played for the trailblazers. That's not why I think he's insane, but, um, and he put up pretty nice numbers. He's averaging eight points a game, despite only being on the floor for 20 minutes which I think is crazy. Um, So those guys form the, I guess the, uh, the front or the back court, excuse me. Um, Some of them would probably get better usage because Tiki Burden was the only shooting guard rostered. But uh, then you move to a small forward. You have Marv Roberts and uh, Willie Wise, who Marv Roberts only averaged uh, about five points a game. And makes sense why he only saw the floor uh, about 17 minutes. But uh, then you move to power forward, and you have you have Mel Bennett, 
who's averaging 10 points a game, but that's it. So these guys might end up playing a little bit of small ball, or um, maybe you throw Mike Green, who was the other center, and uh, Sven Nodder in together and do kind of like a Towers of Power thing, or I don't know. But um, speaking of Mike Green and Sven Nodder, Mike Green was averaging 12 points a game, and uh, Sven Nodder was averaging 11. Um, so you look at this team, and they were 43% on their two-point shots, about 37 for 85. Um, Free throws, they were 71%, about 24 for 33. 43.8 total rebounds per game, uh, 26.7 assists, 11.7 steals, 4.6 blocks, which is really low considering some of the other numbers we've seen. 30.3 personal fouls, which is the most we've seen. And uh, 97.1 points a game. So when it all comes down to this, um, they're most statistically similar to the Atlanta Hawks, who were 31 and 51. But even then, they're not that similar. Um, If you look at like the Kentucky Colonels, the... If you look at the the summary for how similar these teams are, the Virginia Squires are as similar to the Atlanta Hawks as the Kentucky Colonels are to the LA Lakers, um, who are the like the seventeenth team down the list for similarity. Um, so not that similar. Same thing with the Nets and the Spirits of St. Louis, actually. It's about a, the same comparison. Actually, you could even make it to uh, the Denver Nuggets, who are even further down from the L.A. Lakers. But anyway, I don't see any of these three teams as a playoff team. And Virginia and St. Louis, I both see as teams that like, okay, I get why you folded now, if, if you know what I mean. Because... They just they didn't have the stars. I think Kentucky was the only one that had a legitimate chance here, um, but it wouldn't have been in that first season. I mean, nor did it really have to be. The Nets were last in their division, but then you have teams like the Nuggets, who were nice. They were a playoff team. The Spurs had the highest scoring average per game in the league. They were scoring 115.6 points a game um which is ridiculous so actually it was just 115 anyway um that is all i have for today remember the aba um three out of seven teams didn't make it but this is what would have happened if they did and i don't know maybe some of these teams are hoping that they'll stay forgotten anyway until next time i'm todd file And I am signing off.